everybody. Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 153. Another good one. The first half is going to be baseball. Some interesting stuff. Hot seats. MVP races. Breakouts. Disappointments for next season. Uh, but also, man, after that, we're ranking the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks for this season. Getting to that to that time, Kyle. Fantasy football. Yeah, yeah we're only a few weeks away from our week one episode. I believe two weeks from now, maybe three, should be the uh, full in-depth NFL season preview. So pro- hopefully we get through all of our fantasy rankings. Not going to rank kickers and defense or anything like that, but you know, the, the core four, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and of course quarterbacks over these next few weeks before we get there. Uh, and so we'll kind of be leading you into the NFL season, not just dropping the bomb on you with the insane you know, hour and a half long episode that we tend to have leading up to NFL season. Fun one, though. Always. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and get right into it, though, Skyler. We'll start off with the opener. I'll let you go ahead and go first because, see, this one kind of it's right yeah. up your alley. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be the Jets' defensive line. This offseason's been unlike any others for the Jets. Aaron Rodgers coming to town. Obviously, he's going to bring a lot of cameras, but also hard knocks. We've been able to see and hear people talk and people play that we we wouldn't have seen elsewhere. And this week was just an absolute domination for the Jets' D-line. They had joint practices against the Panthers. Quinn and Williams had 11 sacks in a row, and they took him out because he's fucking ready to roll, man. I'm excited about that. And in the game, too, the preseason game, again, you know, we don't look at all these numbers like it's the regular season. But when we see Jermaine Johnson and Will Anderson off the edge with ridiculous spin moves, like, that's exciting stuff, man. It's still a, an amazing athletic play. And those guys are going to be freaks when they're ready to go. Jermaine Johnson looks like he is ready to go. And uh, and that's awesome. Also, Solomon Thomas, Quentin Jefferson, backup D tackles. They also look really solid, like would-be starters on most D lines. And that's what's exciting me right now. Yeah. What's exciting me right now has got to be Bobby Witt Jr. and his breakout that we are seeing before in front of our eyes. Uh, especially over these last two weeks, I'll just go over his stats this year and kind of last year and what we saw. I feel like last year, Bobby Witt had a good year, but it wasn't anything to the point where like, oh, wow, like this guy's crazy. I mean, he had a 20-30 season, 20 homers and 30 stolen bases, but he was hitting WR- WRC plus wise 99. So right around average, but he still posted a 2.3 war season for a rookie, 22 years old. So, you know, pretty solid there. This year though, 118 WRC plus he's got 23 homers and 34 stolen bases already. So he's on pace to even perhaps put up a 30, 40 season as a 23 year old. He's got a 4.8 war. And one of the biggest things that we've seen in his change this year is his defense. Last year, he was the worst ranked shortstop in all baseball. I'm, I'm pretty sure. And this year he's the highest ranked shortstop in all wow. baseball. As far as outs above average go with 14, this year so he's been amazing defensively uh and it's been mostly been the second half where he's broken out or at least get into to july and and right after the all-star break as well too i guess uh because may june july all posting or june may and june rather posting wrc pluses in the 90s but in july posted a 159 wrc plus and then in august August loan, the you know, sixteen days that we've been in it, posting a two twenty-three WRC plus. So he's been absolutely destroying the ball. Average nearly four hundred. Strikeout rate is down, walk rate is up, so he's you know it's not doing this by chance. He's doing it because he's been an absolute stud. He's had some big hits in it, had a walk off grand slam against Johan Duran a couple weeks ago. But this dude's a stud. He's coming and the Royals you know, might suck, but at least they will have a superstar in the future being Bobby Witt Jr. I mean, to have a month where you're 123 times better than the average player is ridiculous. Yeah, no, he, he's been a stud. He uh, It's fun to watch. I feel like we talked about this. I, maybe it was off the podcast, but 
people were talking about it with like CJ Abrams and how we kind of got prospect fatigue with him or mm-hmm. he was just kind of, he was just kind of there. And then now when he's breaking out and doing this stuff, we're like kind of forgot about him. And I feel like that's what a lot of people did with Bobby Witt. They ruled mm-hmm. him as a solid player and that's about it. And now we're seeing them really take off and put Kansas city on their back. When they do get wins, it's most likely because of him. Let's go ahead and move into our player pitcher rookie of the week though. So we do every single week, and I'll let Skyler get it started with his rookie of the week. Yeah, we got a back-to-back winner, Zach Gayloff of the A's. And I, I know this is our team, and we watch him a lot, but 350 this past week, two homers. He's been the heart and soul of this Oakland team that uh, doesn't have a lot of hope this season because um, they've, of course, been officially eliminated already, and it's it's kind of crazy to say that, at least a division so far, right? Um but yeah, yeah, he's already three for three today too, and uh, six nothing lead for the A's. It just doesn't stop with him. He's been so consistent. Yeah, Gallup's my rookie of the week as well too. He's been an absolute stud for us. It's fun to see a player like that come up and kind of know to see that he's good already at this early into his career. I also want to talk about Alan Will- Winnings. A uh, little weird last name there. He was the 30th ranked prospect for the Atlanta Braves. He came up and started one of the games uh, of the doubleheader for the series against the Mets over the weekend. Second appearance in the big leagues, seven innings, four hits, no runs, nine Ks. The Braves do it again, man. Uh, so Alan Winnens, the yeah. not co-player of the week or co-rookie of the week, but honorable mention. Okay. Zach. Moving into pitcher of the week, Skelly, who do you go with here? Uh, I'm sticking with Michael Lorenzen uh, of the Phillies. Technically, it was about six days and 20 hours from now, so it still fits in that week. Uh, he no-hit Washington, 5Ks, four walks in, in the, the home debut for Philly. And this is a guy I always root for. He's from Fullerton. Great job, man. Yeah. I'm going Lorenzen as well, too. That's a pretty ob- obvious choice. He, uh, when you throw a no-hitter... And the emotion behind that game and all the stuff that was going on over in Philly with, I think it was Will Wilson who also made his debut that day. Nick Castellanos hit homers 199 and 200 in that game. So I was pretty big there. And then uh, his mom and uh, wife and daughter were all in the stands for Michael Lorenzen. Yeah, the whole Trey Turner thing, I'm sure, too. Yeah, it was going down. So uh, shout out Michael Lorenzen and the Phils who are – Kind of, I don't want to say cruising, but they're like, they're slowly picking up a little bit to where they understand that they're going to be a wild card team come in playoff time. Yeah. Let's move into the player of the week, Skeller. Who do you go with here? I got co winners uh, because although Altuve hit 619 in a full week, which is nuts, uh, Matt Olson still hit four homers and walked seven times. Uh, he's been the best player in the National League over the past month or so. Uh, and we'll get more into into that National League MVP talk. But for now, those are my co-winners for Player of the Week. Yeah. Matt Olson, my guy as well, too. 12 for 27, four homers, seven walks, the things that I wrote down. So pretty similar to you, uh, but Matt Olson. Well, we'll talk more about him actually right around now because our next topic is Matt Olson reaching 60 home runs this year. He's got 43 Right now, so he's still a little bit behind pace, but it's possible. Do you think he reaches that round number at 60, or do you think he settles down before then and maybe doesn't get to that high plateau? I think he's just going to come a little short here. I think 55 is a good number based on the recent pace. He got seven homers this month so far, eight the month before that. Uh, But he should still be the home run leader this year. Uh, Awesome season. Fuck everyone who said he's just Adam Dunn because he's, he's been amazing. Uh, yeah, Matt Olson is amazing, man. Uh, I don't think he's going to reach 60 just because that's, I mean, 17 homers over the next month and a half just seems so impossible to do. And yeah. you would think that, you know, maybe you just pitch around him, but you can't because it's the Atlanta Braves. So that's the, the only reason why I think that he has still a chance to do it is because the Braves lineup is so good and he really can't, you know, pitch around him and, and just not face him because every single <laughs> Buddy else in their lineup is an above average all-star mm-hmm. level hitter. Uh, and I think from Matt Olson, one of the biggest things that we've seen from him and his change and to change his pace and really go on this tear over the last month and a half is 
the change from hitting him second to fourth in the lineup. Uh, earlier in the season, I mean, Matt Olson was good. He was just pretty much a power hitter, though. We weren't seeing mm-hmm. him do the stuff that he's been doing for average. He was striking out a lot more, walking less, stuff like that. Uh, and in the 45 games since they moved him to the fourth spot in the lineup, he's got 22 homers in those 45 games. He's hitting 355 and WRC plus right at 226. So he's been white Barry Bonds over the last 45 games. He just destroys the ball. His OPS over that time, I believe is 1.28. So he's been a killer over this past, you know, month and a half that they've had him there. Pat Olson, man, what a what a guy to replace Freddie Freeman. Yeah, in Atlanta. And speaking of Freddie Freeman, yeah, does he still have a chance to win the MVP? I mean, the numbers are close. I was listening to John Boy actually talk about it today or yesterday. I forget when they actually posted the episode, but it's it's Freddie and Acuna. It feels like at this point, and they were saying. Uh, it's actually just baseball fans that were talking about this. Uh, Acuna is like minus 400 and Freddie Freeman's like plus 400. So the odds makers don't really think it's that close. But when you look at their numbers, besides stolen bases, I mean, this stuff's pretty identical, Skyler. Do you think Freddie has a chance to get his second or is it is it Ronald as a lock right now? He's right behind Acuna in almost every stat. Like you were saying, it's very close. Like batting average, 338 for Acuna, 336 for Freeman. That's not what everyone's focused on, but it's just something to keep in mind. You know, he's fourth in OPS this season, third in batting average. He's going to have a lot of West Coast voters. For sure, it's an awesome senior senior season here for him. But Acuna's on pace for numbers we haven't seen in 15-plus years. So I think he's going to get the nod here. But don't be surprised if the voting's a little closer than closer than that plus 400 bet you'll see online. Yeah. As much as I would like to say Freddie Freeman has a chance just for the sake of making it interesting, I think Acuna's running away with this. And I think that's partially because I value stolen bases so much. And not just – I don't value a singular stolen base that much, but the amount that he has at 55 and leading the league is just so crazy to me. And if he invents the club of 35 and 70 or – 35 and 75, whatever, how many stolen bases he ends up getting and how many homers he ends up hitting. It's something that's never been done before. Uh, and I think at that point, it just seems so easy. I mean, obviously, if he goes on this crazy slump and uh, barely gets to 30 homers, barely gets to 70 stolen bases or gets below those numbers and maybe hits 315 or whatever and goes on this crazy slump. Yeah, that opens the door to Freddie Freeman because it looks like he's not slowing down at all. I mean, he's hit like 400 over this past month or whatever. So he's raising his average. There's a chance Freddie Freeman gets up to, say, 350. That makes it interesting as well, too. But, I mean, Ronald's got it locked unless we see something crazy change, like a Freddie continuing to hit 400-plus over this next month or so and Acuna dipping down because I think it's – but these counting stats that we're seeing from these guys, I mean, Acuna's got got to be on another level right now. I'll tell you what, though. Freddie Freeman, definitely a lock for the Hall of Fame after another season like this one. That's the lock you should be worried about. Yeah. Freddie Freeman, shout out to him. And great season he's been having. Dodgers as well, too, picking it up, going back to the old Dodger pace on. Yeah. Looking like they're going to win their 10th NL West in the last 11 years. Uh, but we'll move on to our next topic. We're talking about the breakout and the team that disappoints the most uh, in this next year. We see it every single year where, you know, maybe we have a sleeper team that picks it up, but there's one team that always just smacks us out of nowhere that we didn't expect this team to be good and they've become great and make it in the playoff race or, you know, maybe even make the playoffs or the other way around where they, we expect this team to be the number one team in the division, go deep in the playoffs and they just completely end up being in last place, AKA the 2023 St. Louis Cardinals. Mm. Uh, but for example, if you want to look at teams this year, I guess you could call, you know, Baltimore in there as one of those teams for becoming the best team in the AL Texas breaking out and being, you know, ahead of the Astros where they are right now. Uh, Maybe the Marlins, you could talk about them Cincinnati being where they're at Arizona, the first like, 85 to 90 games of the season. The Cubs being decent. 
Uh, and then, of course, on the downside, you know, we already said the the Cardinals, but like the Padres and the Mets. So what what team do you think breaks out next year? What team do you think disappoints their expectations? So this may be a cheap one, but I think it still counts because this team has been struggling really bad for the past year and a half. I think the Padres are going to figure it out next year. I, I'm talking about 100 wins. Uh, Soto's working on a new deal. He's not talking about free agency. Tatis is going to be back in MVP conversations. They didn't trade any of the arms like they talked about. I trust Bob Melvin. I think it's possible. I think they can break it out. I like that choice. Uh, it's it's interesting to see what they'll do with Bob Melvin. Yeah. Uh, and I'm realizing we actually did skip a topic. I'm realizing mm-hmm. that right now. So I was we'll go back to know. that after. Uh, but that ended up working out just how, on how we were talking about that. But we'll we'll get back to that in a minute. Uh, but my breakout team is going to be the Washington Nationals. I think they, they have the ability to hover around 500 a little bit higher than that and maybe even – you know, compete for that last or second plus wild card spot in the NL next year. I don't think, you know, the division is something that's going to be up for grabs with the Atlanta fucking Braves being yeah. a thing. But, uh, I mean, if you just look at the guys they have on the roster right now, their lineup alone, Lane Thomas has had a good year. Keeper Ruiz is steadily, you know, becoming a better player over these last few years. CJ Abrams, we talked about his breakout a little bit a few minutes ago. Joy Manessas, who kind of changed the type of hitter that he's been this year where he's become more of a contact guy than, than straight up power that we saw last year, but he's been solid stone. Garrett's been a decent piece in, in their lineup as well too. And they got the arms that we, we talked about in the past. We, we know we both like Josiah gray, uh, but Mackenzie Gore has been solid. Jake Irvin's got solid stuff and their minor league system. They got guys who are probably going to be playing next year, such as Dylan Cruz, who MLB pipeline mocks to be up as soon as next year. James Wood, Brady House, Kate Cavalli, Jackson Rutledge, a couple guys that could be pitching for them quite a bit next year. Robert Hassel's another guy as well, too. I know I put an asterisk next mm. to his name because he hasn't really done much uh, over the past year or two. And so we don't really know what his true projection is, but, uh, I say the Nationals. They they hover a little bit over 500 next year, maybe win 85 to 87 games. Uh, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they find their way just outside of it uh, and you know turn some heads for, for a lot of teams. Next they're year. a cool team because it, it feels like they think all of the future is already on the roster. And so yeah. that's not a team that has to try to convince a free agent to sign with them. They just got to find the pieces that mesh well with their blue chippers if they can develop. So, yeah, cool pick. The other side, though, Skyler, the team that's going to fall on its face and just get destroyed on Twitter and stuff throughout July, August, September, all the months. Skyler, who do you think it is? I'm going with Tampa Bay. There's so many arms already out for next season. I think it's up to nine now starting pitchers who are going to miss most of next year. And that's not even talking about what's going to happen with Wander Franco. There's a chance he never plays again. And we don't have to get in that today. It, you know, no one really knows what's going on. But as of right now, he's not with the team. So I have to expect for the future, he might not be there. And that's very concerning. He's the best shortstop in the league, in my opinion. Um, I think Tampa Bay is going to be maybe not screwed, but they're going to be in the wild heart, wild card hunt. They're not going to have a, a crazy hot start that lets them chill for a little bit through all the struggles. So that's why they're going to be my disappointment. Yeah, I'm interested to see how, if all this wander stuff goes, does go down the way that it looks like it could go down, how they get viewed as a team next year. And maybe even this year, as far as getting into the playoffs, because they still got a ton, ton of guys on their team, but you know, without the shortstop that you build your future around, it's not really an, an expected thing to, you know, encounter. Yeah. Uh, my team that disappoints is going to be a team in the same division. Uh, and it's going to be the New York Yankees. I think, you know, right now the Yankees are at a low of a low that we've seen them in the past, you know, 25 to 30 years where they've been consistently above 500. You know, maybe these last 15 years or so haven't been as nice to them as far as winning. They're in last place in August, Kyle. How ridiculous is that? It's ridiculous. Uh, you know, but the last 15 years or so haven't been too nice for them as far as you know, winning the World Series or anything like that, but they've still, you know, been competitive and, and in that that hunt every single year. Uh, 
I see this offseason, I just don't think it's an, an attractive place for a lot of free agents. And I don't think this free agent class really warrants a ton of guys that can really change your franchise to the point where they they get to being a really good team again. And I still think that, you know, the preseason hype of the Yankees is going to be there. I think there's going to be the hype of, oh, Garrett Cole. Oh, well, Garrett Cole's a stud. But besides that, Rodon and Frankie Montas. Actually, I think Montas is a free agent, actually, so not him. Hmm. But uh, Luis Severino, all these other guys that they have in their rotation that are underwhelming this year who could perhaps be an option next year still as guys who bounce back. I just don't think they're going to be able to fill in those holes that they've had this year where Rizzo hasn't been playing good. Giancarlo Stanton's, we're starting to see his age quite a bit more. They're playing fucking Jake Bowers, Billy McKinney, Franchi Cordero, like a decent amount of their games. I just don't think we're going to see enough from the guys who really produce on their team, like Labor or Judge or Volpe, even though he's kind of had a down year as far as, you know, some statistics go. I think he's still a guy who brings a lot of energy to that team. I just, I think the Yankees might be mocked at, you know, a 92-93 win team. And with the division that they're in and the guys that they got in their squad, they might be right around the same spot next year. I don't think they – they might not even be above 500 next year with the guys that they got. And unless they get fucking Shohei, I don't think that changes because they uh, – yeah. I mean, that would be – One last thing before halftime. I guess we could just do all the NFL stuff second half or however we want to sort that out uh that way we kind of you know have a nice clean break of stuff and the topic that i skipped but i guess it kind of you know worked out well a little bit with the flow of the episode we're talking about the managers who are on the hot seat and who gets fired at season end maybe they're on the hot seat but they don't actually get fired we'll go through all that for the different guys that we have but first off when we look at you know nba NFL guys, mainly NFL guys that we talk about this with, we see the the leash on co- for coaches is just so much shorter. Uh, but in baseball, like, fuck, if you won a World Series 15 years ago, you're good. Like, it doesn't matter. They'll keep you unless something crazy happened and you go plummet insane or some crazy chemistry issue. What managers do you legitimately think are on the hot seats, Skyler? And which ones do you think end up getting fired? Would you rather me start with the hot seat or the firing? I'll let you go go through the hot seat and then okay. you can go however you want to sort it out. I'll let, I'll All let right. you do it. I'll, how about I say a name? Uh, on the hot seat, I got Phil Nevin from the Angels. I don't really blame him for what happened, man. Uh, I kind of like how the chemistry's been there since he's been there, even though they've been hovering around 500. It's better than they were before he got there. So I think he gets another year. I yeah, so his situation feels a bit interesting because he is on the, that one year contract that they yeah. gave him prior to the season. So he's not on some, you know, I don't know, like multi year deal with the team where his you know stake with the franchise is pretty secure. Uh, and I think the Angels could be in a spot where they look a different way as far as what they want to do. I don't think that's the right thing to do. But you never know with the Angels. I don't think he ends up getting fired, but he is definitely someone who could be on the hot seat considering the talent that they have on yeah. the roster. And maybe you want to have a scapegoat with, you know, with him. All right. My next guy I got on the hot seat, same division. Scott Servais from Seattle. Back-to-back 90-win seasons. I think that's enough to give him an extra year to figure it out. But I wouldn't be surprised if they, uh, you know, blew up next year. I, I, they were in conversation for my bust of the year if it wasn't Tampa. I uh, I don't think Cervais get, gets fired at all. I don't think he's on the hot seat either. I think that team loves him, uh, and I, I I think he's saved by, by quite okay. a bit. Uh, just doing my due diligence. Mm-hmm. No hard feelings. Uh, the next up, we got David Ross from the Cubs. The Cubs haven't been great for a while. They're ready to win. Their roster is ready to win now, and they're just not quite there yet. So it's something to look at because obviously he's a great guy. He's been around the game forever, but it's just not really clicking yet. I, I say no. I think Ross definitely gets another year or two. I think he, uh, their roster is a bit interesting because I feel like it's slightly above average pretty much everywhere. Uh, and sometimes that bodes well for you and, and gets you into good spots to make the playoffs. And sometimes it doesn't. And so we kind of see them. I'd say on par, same type of team as like the, not the Cardinals, the, the Red Sox, 
uh, as far as, you know, the franchise built and the guys that they have in their minor league system. So uh, I, I think Ross is fine by quite a bit. I, okay. I don't even, I don't think he's on the hot seat. Maybe slightly, slightly lukewarm. Okay. I wanted to mention Terry Francona from Cleveland. Kyle referenced it earlier. He broke the curse of the Bambino. Okay. He, he broke the Boston curse. He won two World Series there. He won't get fired. No, he won't. But it's not going great in Cleveland right now. So it's, it's somebody to keep an eye on in a couple of years from now. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to have to have kind of a prolonged run of disappointment and after winning the division last year, I think he's good for another like two to three years at least, or yeah. regardless of how this team performs. Uh, AJ Hinch in Detroit. You got to win at some point, man. I mean, I know not all the prospects have been great, but they're, they're hot right now and they're still not winning a lot of injuries, but it's, it's another one. Like, come on, man, you're, you're this great manager. We've been hyping up and you can't even go 500. Yeah. They've been so injured, man, that it's just so tough to do. Like, Riley Green's been hurt consistently. Mm-hmm. The Torkelson entire staff. is interesting. Casey Mize, yeah. Tariq Skubal, Erod, even like it's just. Uh, I don't think yeah. he's on the hot seat quite yet, but I was thinking about throwing that name out there because yeah. he, he's interesting. All right. And. My last note here is every team that's already blown the wild card race. I don't want to talk about everyone. We Like you said, we don't like doing two-hour episodes. Everybody who didn't make playoffs, and we already know that, they're going to have a conversation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have five guys who I think will be fired. Wow. I had maybe, maybe three. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Go here ahead. we go. Bud Black, Colorado. It's time, man. It's not working out. It's, you got to get some new faces in the building. Yeah, uh, that's that's definitely an option. Uh, I didn't even put them on the list because I just kind of disregarded Colorado as being a franchise. Uh, and I think that they were kind of just okay being mediocre just because their franchise isn't really ready to take the next step yet, I don't think. So maybe he stays another year or two in my mind. Maybe he doesn't. We'll see. Uh, but definitely could be a guy who, if they want to change their culture, they could do it by that getting him out my next guy Aaron Boone of the Yankees it's time to shake things up in New York too another disappointing season like I just said they're in last place in August we've already heard about the issues in the locker room with them I guess it would be the clubhouse in baseball right sorry but uh go ahead I don't think Boone I think he's on the hot seat I don't think he gets fired I because I just don't think it's his fault I mean he's forced to run with the guys that they give him and he's got a super injured pitching staff and he's got again fucking Jake Bowers, Billy McKinney and Frenchie Cordero playing games for him. And at that point it's it can't be his fault. Maybe the Yankees scapegoat him and just say fuck him and get That's out of there. That's what I'm thinking. But I don't think cuz he, he doesn't have that. You no. Know, yeah. I I don't think they do it. I think I the, Yankees, the Yankees are super fucking – they're very – I they try to stay away from that stuff, I feel like, unless it's yeah. super, super necessary, and I just don't think it is with him. I feel like he doesn't have the tenure quite yet to have that kind of say. But maybe yeah. he does, and they love him. I'm not sure. That's why we're talking about it. All right. Uh, two more guys that it, – it's not really their fault, but – uh pedro whatever his name is from the white Sox. again i, I don't blame him it's a t- terrible roster and they were yeah they he's were hurt. fine i think uh, he's fine. you think he's fine okay mm-hmm. then i won't but how about oliver marmal st louis whatever this half vets half rebuild experiment was it's not going to work it, another situation where you just kind of got to get a new face in there yeah it's uh I'll say this for the four teams that I mentioned or the three other teams that I mentioned here as well, too, where if you look at a team that's been disappointed that year and you're looking at their players and they've been healthy and they've had their guys and most of the guys are having decent seasons and you're just like, why is this team bad? I think that usually falls on the manager. Uh, and Ali Marmol is one of those guys where you're in such a fucking easy division. You're just going to win 89 games, 89 to 90 games. And with the roster that you have, you have two Hall of Famers, you know, on either side of the infield with Goldschmidt 
and, and uh, Arenado. I mean, I guess you can maybe consider Wainwright a Hall of Famer in this conversation, but you know his performance-wise hasn't been there. But you still got guys in your rotation who can pitch. Like it's Michael Loss and Dakota Hudson has been decent, and all these other dudes who you know haven't been great. But your offense should have been fine. Uh, and I think when you look at some of the guys, they're still been fine. So when it comes down to it, I think Olimar Mullen definitely should be the scapegoat, and he should be the guy out uh, easily at the end of the year. All right. Last guy, Buck Showalter. Uh, Max Scherzer leaked the news. They're not trying to win next year. That means Buck's gone. Yeah, get some new new stuff in there. I think Buck is a big guy who needs to get fired. He's a guy yeah. who's done – a whole lot of nothing in his career, I'd say. He's had a lot of winning teams, but he's never won a ring or anything like that. So he doesn't have anything. Yeah, that he really... was the one Yankees guy who never won. Yeah, he was <laughs> doesn't stand out as a coach to me. So, uh, you know, while he might be a good regular season manager, he's not not a guy who wins you rings. All right. I have two other guys that I do want to mention. Okay. Uh, and the first guy is a bit of a shocker, maybe. Uh, and that's going to be John Schneider, uh, manager for the Toronto Blue Jays. I think if they make the playoffs, fine. Completely yeah. fine. But if they miss the playoffs, and if you look at this roster that they've had with, you know, multiple Cy Young candidates over the last few years, Robbie Ray to be one, uh, Kevin Gosman being one this year. And you look at the guys who they've had, you know, on the other side of the ball, Bichette and Vlad Guerrero and George Springer and, you know, Matt Chapman over this past year, Alejandro Kirk, all these dudes who have been all-star level players for them at some point. You just look at this team and be like, damn, they should be World Series contenders, not teams that are fighting to make the playoffs and, you know, maybe win 90 games that year. And again, they got a closer too. Romano has been one of the best closers in the league over his tenure. And, I think when you're not able to win with those players, something like a culture change could be something that's super huge for you. And I think firing a guy like that would be something that could do that. And I know a lot of those guys like him, uh, but maybe he's just not doing the right thing. And he's not, not pulling up for the players in the right way. Uh, so John Schneider could be on the outs if they don't, if they don't make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I agree. They're kind of missing their window here. You know, obviously, yeah. as long as Vlad and Bichette and I guess now Kirk is locked up uh, are there, they're going to have multiple runs. It, it's bound to happen. But this first window, you know, when Will we thought Alex runs? Manoa was, Will was they this. Will they Because well, the Orioles are there. I, I know you don't like mention, the Rays. Baltimore and Tampa Bay are kind of taking over this this era of the AL East. The, yeah. Of the and low, the Red Sox the aren't far Yankees. behind either. They yeah. got a decent system, too, and, and some guys. So. I mean, maybe maybe the Blue Jays' time are they are they done? Are they done? I don't know. Check back next week. I'll <laughs> let you know. Last guy I do want to mention. This one hurts the heart, man. But Bob Melvin, they are terrible in close games. Terrible in close games. And usually, when you're terrible in close games and you have a positive run differential, that means that you're just not good at managing the situations. Maybe you're not putting the guys in the right spot, not pitch hitting the right guys, maybe not making the lineup correct. I think Bob Melvin could be a scapegoat for this Padres down season. As much as, you know, perfect world, he gets fired, comes back to the A's, that'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> but that's not going to happen. Bob Melvin, I think, you know, probably will find another job if, if he's done in San Diego. He took him to the NLCS next year. But I think with this franchise, with the era that they're in as far as, you know, wanting to be good now and such immediate disappointment from their season that impressed pretty much everybody in the baseball world last year, he could be the scapegoat. Uh, So I hope it doesn't happen. But for sake of making it interesting, I'm saying it will happen. All right. So we're at halftime, I guess. Halftime, second half. What's some football news? It's the football side of things here. So we got a couple quarterbacks who played in the preseason. Week one of the preseason was this past weekend, and uh, some guys did great. Some guys didn't. Let's just get into it. Justin Fields, Bears quarterback, great fantasy option. We're about to get into that, though, in a little bit. Whoa. Three for three, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Great start, man. Great start. That's all you can ask for. 
you know, he, he's going to, he's going to be fine. He, he don't need to play him the rest of the preseason. Uh, on the other side of things, Trey Lance, San Francisco's quarterback, 10 for 15, 112 yards, one touchdown, but it didn't look that pretty. Actually, uh, man was running for his life. Wasn't really looking where he was throwing through a lot of ducks and some really bad reads, man. I, I don't know if Trey Lance has it. And it, it, it sucks to say, but he does a lot of the same thing Zach Wilson did last season when he was starting. And that brightens me. You have any notes on Trey Lance? I just before I move on, I know you you probably watched the game a little bit. Yeah, I actually wasn't able to watch the game. Oh, I was uh that's right. You moving around quite a bit, but uh Yeah, man. He got he was running around for his life. I heard that. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Will Levis, Tennessee rookie. Uh, not bad. Nine for 14, 85 yards did throw an interception at the end of the game would have set up a game winning drive. But, uh, again, it, it's not a guy who's going to be starting right away. Uh, made some good throws, uh, similar to Sam Howell going to be Washington starter likely this year, nine for 12 and a tutty again. That's, that's all you can ask for where the trouble comes in here is we got AR 15, Aaron Richardson. Sorry. Jesus. My man, seven for 12, but with a horrible interception. Just won the starting quarterback job. Yeah. Going to put up some numbers. Uh, who knows how efficient it will be. But how about the number one pick, Bryce Young? Four for six, only eight yards. Another guy who was harassed in uh, their first preseason game. Jed D was all over him. Not great, but you know Bryce Young's going to be fine. He wasn't making mistakes like C.J. Stroud was, the number two pick. Two for four, a really bad interception to start it off. Uh, and you just got to hope he gets some kind of help this season. Um, those are the the notable quarterbacks. Obviously, some other guys, Jake Hayner. Uh, I got Aiden over there from Purdue with, uh, with the Raiders. But those are the notables. Um, three other pretty, you know, I guess you could say big moves here. We got Dalvin Cook going to the Jets, the running backs. Up to $8 million on the deal. Uh, very similar to Zeke Elliott, who is, I guess, going to be the Patriots fullback this season. <laughs> uh, deal up to $6 million. And the last one I want to mention, Jalen Smith, former top pick, linebacker. He's going to New Orleans. Who need a linebacker. Uh, Dennis Allen's been struggling a bit over there in New Orleans. So uh, how about a guy with uh, some competence? They need some guy with speed like John Gruden, man. That's what they need. He's been oh, down yeah, by you a little bit. <laughs> that's cool. I guess if he wants to take over down there. Um, but yeah, that that's halftime. Very simple stuff. Not much going on in football. Uh, you just hope the young guys play well in preseason. That's all, all we're talking about. Yeah. You know, one last thing, no scholar. You want to get into that? Oh, I, I completely forgot about this. Kyle and I last night. Having a little conversation about hard knocks. We were talking about the Jets' hard knocks. Uh, it's been awesome. And it reminded us about the in-season hard knocks. So we wanted to figure out who would we want to watch for an in-season hard knocks this season? What are going to be some of the best stories in season that would fit in this style of show? So I have yeah. an AFC and an NFC, just to let you know. Okay. Go ahead. I'll let you go ahead first. Okay, okay. So my AFC team, this was my number one pick in my mind. The Pittsburgh Steelers, a great roster. TJ Watt, one of the best players in the league. Vets on defense. And the Kenny Pickett storyline. Can he take that next step? He's looked so good so far. Baltimore and Cleveland kind of falling behind. Mike Tomlin's intensity in the middle of a playoff race. That'd be pretty insane to watch. And my NFC team, Atlanta Falcons. Arthur Smith is a great offensive mind. It just hasn't turned into wins yet. Now he's got what he believes is his quarterback, Desmond Ritter, finally ready to go. He got B. John Robinson, the rookie. He's going to go for O'Roy. How does he interact with Algier and Cordell Patterson? And they're going to be in the race all season long. It's a bad division. That NFC South is going to be must-watch until the end. So that would make me want to watch every episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pick an AFC team and an a NFC team as well, too. Uh, starting off with my AFC team, the Miami Dolphins. How fun would that be? Uh, the spiraling down of South Beach, 
as they have a maybe disappointing season, perhaps, with the guys that they got. A lot of personalities on that team, though. Yes, Eli Apple, Jalen Ramsey, Terry Kill. We're going to see Tua and his kind of situation that he's got going on over there. Maybe if he maybe he does or doesn't have any brain cells come October uh, when the show starts. But, man, I think that would be a pretty fun storyline, especially with them expected to It'll be around playoff team stature this year. Uh, a couple teams that I had in the NFC, my yeah. first choice was the Falcons. I think with a young QB, a young running back, young receiving core and stuff would be pretty fun to watch. Uh, but you already talked about that quite a bit. So I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears. Uh, one thing that we always like to see from quarterbacks is that third year breakout. And this is the third year for Justin Fields. Do we see him break out? He has a bit more of a wide receiver core this year. DJ Moore, uh, and then, of course, the return of some of the other guys that they've had, like Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. Yeah. But are we going to see him take that next step? And, you know, hard knock sometimes allows you to see into that quarterback's mind, and maybe he is a guy who's taking that next step. What would be interesting to see is how this correlates with season two of quarterback. Because that might be something that limits yeah. teams. If there's already camera guys falling around Justin Fields, I doubt there's guys falling around Desmond Ritter, but uh, yet. Uh, but if there, Justin Fields is already a guy on the show, I highly doubt that you know Hard Knocks would be able to do that uh, and, and make that a show just because mm-hmm. the commitment that that would require from from Fields and not leaking the show of quarterback. Uh, so maybe it's those teams. I don't know. Uh, I know we didn't have this written down, but I just mentioned it, Skyler. Three quarterbacks. Who would you like to see on season two of quarterback? Well, putting you on the spot here. Are you counting the guys who already said no or no? They reportedly said no. Oh, I see. Because okay. I've seen stuff saying that those guys might be saying no to draw attention from them. That they could be end up being the oh. guys. Okay. Well, I, I know you don't want to hear it, but my top guy is probably going to be Justin Herbert for this next season. Another guy who he doesn't really need to take the step as much as his team does, but the interaction with him and his teammates would be interesting. Uh, again, if, if the Falcons and the Steelers don't get the hard knocks, I'd love to see Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter. And for a vet, I'll just throw in there. How about Gino? He's coming off of his career best season. Yeah, yeah. Maybe... Uh... Like a Brock Purdy or Trey Lance would be a fun one. Uh, it'd probably have to be Brock. Uh, I think Herbert would just like, I know reportedly said no is one thing, but I yeah. think he's a guy that 100% would not do it just because he's such like a, you don't see into his personal life type dude. Mm. Uh, Trevor Lawrence would be a fun guy to watch sure, on, yeah. on that type of scene though, where we kind of get the young star and he's kind of the star maybe of this, this next season. Uh, and then when you look at, you know, a young guy or a vet, Sam Howell could be that, that young guy that would be fun to watch. Absolutely. Uh, and maybe, dude, imagine if they did the Sean Watson. <laughs> nah. <laughs> so, fuck it, Ryan Tannehill. They'll, they'll do him. Just just the filler guy. Like the Mariota of last year? You know episode. he's going to lose his job, but how long will he last? <laughs> exactly. Malik, how, how shit is Malik Willis? Will we find out? Uh but yeah, so we'll see. We'll see that. Uh, I haven't watched quarterback season one yet, but I've heard obviously a lot of good reviews about it. So pretty uh, good. Yeah. I'm currently watching Ted Lasso. So I haven't uh, watched that one yet. Is that the soccer one? It's a soccer one, and I didn't think I'd like it. But the guy who they hire as head coach, who is Ted Lasso, apparently was the head coach of football at Wichita State playing football before this. So he, oh. he doesn't know soccer at all. Which is interesting, interesting uh, in this you know made up world of real teams. So uh, yeah. it's pretty interesting. But uh, we don't need to talk about football. We we need to talk about football. Uh, and the last thing that we got to talk about for the day, pretty much besides our bets and whatnot, is our top ten fantasy QBs. I know we kind of teased it at the beginning of part of the episode, and now we're finally getting to it at the end of the episode. Scatter. Well, let's just get right into the list, unless you got some honorable mentions you want to talk about, Skyler. Who's your number 10? Uh, let's get right into it, man. Number 10 is going to be Trevor Lawrence. I expect a breakout. It's not going to be a difficult season for him. 
and and he's very good at football. He's just obviously not going to run as much as some other guys. So a guy who would probably be, you know, in a quarterback power ranking, probably around six, is going to fall to the 10 in points here. Yeah. Number 10 for me, I got Geno Smith. Uh, I think he's going to have some games where he goes off, but also some games where he doesn't, you know, produce to a consistent top, you know, eight to seven QB standard. And that puts him right at number 10 for me. I think he's the wide receiver core that he has is going to allow him to have some of those big games. But he's also going against, you know, the Niners defense twice that year. Uh, And when you're going against a good defense like that, that's going to take a bit of your, your stats. So I've had Gino at 10. You know, still another solid year from a guy who we didn't really have at this spot, you know, two years ago. Next up, number nine. I'm excited about this one. Number nine, I got Anthony Richardson, a.k.a. Aaron. The Colts quarterback, rookie, just won the starting job. He's going to have a lot of opportunities, a lot of usage running the ball this year. Uh, so that that on his own should excite you for fantasy. Uh, probably going to be ranked around 16. Uh you know, if you're drafting and you're like, huh, what does NFL.com think I should do at quarterback? Uh, but if if you want to take a shot or take two guys, pick up Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Number nine for me is going to be where I put Trevor Lawrence. I really like Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to have a great year. But I think they're going to be killing teams a decent amount this year, especially teams in their division. They're the really only team that I see that can compete for a playoff spot in that division. So I think we're going to see a lot of you know, maybe 270 and two touchdown games where we're going to get the consistency factor from them, but maybe not as many crazy breakout games or not breakout, but, you know, explosion games that we see from, you know, the top, you know, five or six guys that help them get up there. So I like Trevor, Trevor Lawrence consistent, but he's just not going to be a guy that booms for me too often. Number eight. Number eight. Uh, I kind of feel bad about it, but there's so many great quarterbacks. Uh, Dak Prescott my eight spot they're going to throw the ball so many times this season zeke's gone you don't have to force him carries just because you know you're paying him that much money now you have the running backs you want on your roster that's pollard that's deuce vaughn those guys are great in the past game they're going to throw the ball 50 times a game man. yeah but also that might lead to more picks which yeah. you know Dak's not afraid to throw those uh number eight for me is going to be where i put justin herbert this is a guy where somehow he just has, you know, not the greatest game sometimes. Uh, and, you know, maybe he doesn't throw a lot of picks or, or anything like that, but he just has underwhelming games out of nowhere. And Herbert, you know, I think is a, another guy who has the chance to kind of be a bit more volatile as far as, you know, boom some games and bust some other games uh, and maybe does it a bit of a higher percent than, than what Gino does. So it does get him a bit higher. I don't see Herbert having some crazy fantasy year where he's like a top five guy or anything like that, especially with some of the other guys in front of him on, on this list. On to number seven. Yeah, I got Herbert at seven. Uh, you make some great points. I just don't think I can take him over the other two big pocket passers we have uh, mm-hmm. who are, are they're just better. And that's unfortunate for Herbert, but he's still going to put up numbers, like you said. Yeah. Number seven, you'll love this one, Skyler. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I have Aaron Rodgers at number seven. I think maybe the yardage isn't going to be there. I think field position is something probably the Jets will be really good with this year. Mm-hmm. So we, we won't see him have as many, you know, 95-yard drives or something like that. But he's going to be a guy who's getting a good amount of touchdowns. Uh, running the ball as well for not him specifically, but the Jets are going to be get some yardage that way yeah. quite a bit with Breeze and Dalvin so I don't think we're going to see him you know go crazy again with the yardage but he should have a good majority of three touchdown games because he has so many fucking weapons you just it's tough to guard them any guys down at the goal line we know A-Rod's been amazing at the goal line in his career uh, and he's not afraid to run it in every now and then uh, so A-Rod comes in at number seven on to number six I actually don't have Aaron Rodgers in the top 10. Uh, that's not a, a slight. I think he's going to be awesome. I just don't think he's going to throw the ball as much as these other guys. and Or run. Like you said, he runs to set up his throws. He doesn't run for fantasy points. Uh, well, he, but he's <laughs> sneaky fast. He, yeah. You know, maybe everybody's covered. You, ain't, you don't have any ability to stop him and running. Maybe he just sees a gap, takes a couple yards, and gets in. All right. 
I would love that, of course. But anyways, my number six, it's going to be Lamar for everything opposite of what I just said about Rodgers. He's going to be very inconsistent, but you know he's going to run for some touchdowns, man. Yeah. Number six for me, uh, probably the best runner, Justin Fields. Uh, as far as fantasy goes, I think Lamar is probably a better runner specifically. Yeah. But fantasy point-wise, Justin Fields is going to get a lot, a lot of points for running the ball. I don't think... You know, passing might not be his the thing that he's the best at, which is kind of ironic for being a quarterback. Uh, but he's got the weapons to, that can make plays after the catch. And I think that's going to help him get some fantasy points this year. Maybe we see him break out and, and go into a top five type guy, maybe even a bit you know higher in the top three category. I don't think we see that crazy breakout from him, though. I think we see some steady improvement. Uh, and he still lacks as a passer. We know that for a fact. So Justin Fields going to have a lot of exciting plays, so that'll carry his points, but uh, maybe not the best total quarterback. You know, and That's the other thing to stress on this list is that this isn't a list where we are going, these are the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. Fantasy quarterbacks. Yes, fantasy in the league. points. Yeah. On to number five. Number five, I'm going to go with uh, Joe Burrow here of Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati has a lot of question marks, but hey, this isn't the uh, you know full NFL in-depth preview. That's in a couple weeks from now, so uh, we won't get into too much of that. But he's going to have opportunities to throw. Obviously, they trust him. He's the chosen one in Cincinnati. Um, he's going to have a great year. Number five for me is also going to be Joe Burrow, and this is really the point in his career where we should probably see him level out on some of the risky throws that he's made sometimes and, and really become, you know, a very high touchdown to interception ratio type dude. Uh, that helps with fantasy points, of course, because you're not getting many negatives. He's also going to be a guy who we probably expect to, you know, the 270 and three touchdown type guy uh, pretty consistently. So I trust Burrow. I don't think he's the best, but I, I don't think he has really the, the chance to be the number one guy in the league. But I also don't think he's going to be a guy who drops down to, you know, outside the top 10 or anything like that. I think a very safe range is that four to seven range for him. Sure. On to four. I have Justin Fields a little bit higher than you do. I think he will make those mistakes. I think he will struggle passing the ball. But you got to remember, last season, he was the number one guy for like an eight-week stretch where he was not playing good. And he, he's still number one in fantasy points. Uh, so I, I have to to give him credit for that, man, because I think he is a great player. He's just not on a very good team. Yeah. Number four for me is going to be where I go, Josh Allen. Uh, obviously, a guy who has the chance to be the number one fantasy quarterback that we've seen in, in years past, but... I just think the the lack of a wide receiver two and some of the stuff that they did on offense is going to be kind of showing when when we look at what he does uh, comparative to other years. Uh, I still think, obviously, you know, number four is a great spot for a guy. Uh, but yeah, I don't think we're going to see that crazy number one season from Josh Allen. And I also think the guys above him, I think, are going to have some great years. So uh, Josh Allen at number four. All righty. On to number three. The MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I can't take the younger guys over him. He's so freaking good. Uh, I just think, I'll just say it, Josh Allen's above him. Uh, he runs a lot more designed runs than Patrick Mahomes does. That's a lot of points on its own. Mm. Uh, Mahomes is a much better player. Josh Allen scares the crap out of me when he's, whenever he's doing anything, honestly. It's it's hard to watch because you never know what's going to happen. Um uh, mm -hmm. But I, I have Mahomes a little lower for those reasons. But they, sh they should be nearly identical. There's no difference between two and three. Yeah. Number three is where I have Lamar. I think he's going to have a huge year this year if he stays healthy. Of course, that's kind of the asterisk for every single player on this entire list is if they stay healthy. But when this guy's playing, he's electric. And I think, you know, adding OBJ, adding Zay Flowers, guys like that who are legitimate targets to throw to are going to be huge for a guy like this. Uh, and it's going to help his run game too, because you have to pay more attention to those guys more on the outside rather than just having Mark Andrews. who you can kind of, you can kind of help play coverage based off of what, what they're, they're doing with him. That's so, why uh, they invented the safety position. I love Lamar this season. I think he's going to be great. Uh, he's number three for me on number two. 
Number two is Josh Allen, like I was talking about. Um, makes great plays, also turns the ball over. I, I think the – I mean, he has games where he'll just take 10 straight, like, quarterback dives in a row and end up with 150 yards and two touchdowns and just win the game on his own. And he does that a lot. He may get hurt from doing it, but so far it's perfectly fine fantasy-wise. So he gets the nod over some of these other guys who are just as good. Number two for me, Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league. Uh, only reason why I didn't have him at one, maybe he they're killing too many teams and they kind of slow down uh, yeah. a little bit. He, uh, you know, expect a lot of yards, expect a lot of touchdowns from him. We've seen him like transform his game kind of in these past few years, despite still being the best quarterback where he doesn't really go deep ever uh comparative to when at the beginning of his career that's all he pretty much did but when he does he's super super efficient at it so i like mahomes this year of course obviously going to get a ton of touchdowns and he's only going to get better so yeah number two on number one Skelly, who do you got it's jalen hurts man it's got to be um this is a guy who who's putting up some running back numbers while also making great throws i mean this guy made big time throws last year he's not just a runner like like some people could argue justin fields isn't ready to do yet or ever will um the one concern i have is that maybe now that they realize he's the franchise guy who can help them win a super bowl they'll cut those runs back from 15 a game to six Mm -hmm. which would probably drop them to like the fourth quarterback in fantasy but he's still going to be up there for MVP race. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's still developing too. Just a crazy thing. Yeah. I, I love Hertz. And if we have, or not we, but if the Eagles have the ability to develop him more, how could you not put him as at quarterback one? I mean, this guy so good last year, his ability to run the football, his ability to sneak the football and get touchdowns that way. was going to be huge. Uh, and just picking up, you know, a couple few points every now and then with the sneak uh mm-hmm. and then he's got the ability to throw the ball to anybody he has great weapons uh and i think you know Jalen hurts number one fancy quarterback in my opinion man yes, it kind of got me ready for the season man that yeah. got me ready for the season i'm ready to go give me in a draft tomorrow uh because it's football season baby those running uh, back rankings uh next week are gonna be hectic <laughs> yeah yeah uh hopefully very tentative plan running backs next week and then wide receivers and tight ends the week after that maybe not a full top 10 for tight ends because that's a bit shaky you know this guy's having two catchers in 22 yards a sleeper and a bust yeah so well we'll get into that uh in the future weeks qbs was fun yeah now into our bets skyler Last week was rough. Killed it, man. Uh, it was close, though. Uh, I had Toronto winning on Thursday. They did not. You had San Diego winning against that slow Arizona team on Friday. That did end up happening. Uh, this week, I have the Dodgers winning on Thursday. That is a Lance Lynn start. Uh, might be a bit different odds, though, than what you expect for a Dodgers home game because they are facing Corbin Burns. But I think they're going to be just fine getting that dub. Uh, I got Baltimore over Washington. No, that's not baseball. That is preseason football. Uh, the Ravens do not lose preseason games. They haven't lost one since John Harbaugh's been their coach, I believe. And let's keep that uh, rolling. I know they've tied a couple times, but I don't think he's ever lost one. So they're going to beat the Commanders. Yeah. Uh, last week, bull prediction. I have Braves sweep the Mets in their four-game sweep set. Uh, they got the first three done. I was pumped. And they lost Sunday night baseball. So uh, they lost by one run, too. So it was a very close game. Fortunately, I couldn't get the job done. Skyler had Judge Homer in, in Miami on Friday. Yeah. He got it done, hit one like 460 or something like that. So shout out to Skyler getting the job done there. This week, I have Wayno. Gets win number 199. It's been very elusive for him. Uh, and that's tomorrow against the Mets as Tyler Soderstrom just hit a fucking nuke. Skyler, look at your screen right now. Yeah. Soderstrom just hit a bomb. 454 off. Needed that. That's a confidence booster right there, Cal. That's Uh, a confidence booster. Skyler, tell me your bull prediction. All right. The bull prediction is going to be the Boston Red Sox winning their three-game series at 
Yankee Stadium, new Yankee Stadium, just to to clarify. What? Ending all Yankee hope this season. As of right now, Boston's up three and a half games on the Yankees. Uh, Yankees are in last place at 500, and they're going to be done after the series because Boston is going to get the job done. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's going to do it for episode 153. Look out for one episode, episode 154 next year. Not next year. Next. Next season. Next week. Uh, shout out to Ian because I know we he loves the number 54. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's going to do it, Skelly. You got any closing remarks? I'm just ready for football, man. More fantasy rankings. We got drafts coming up. I know everyone's got drafts. Tell your friends. The official Immaculate Sports rankings split between two members of Immaculate Sports. Yeah. But yeah, see you guys next week. Go Jets. Go Zach Galoff. Go Soder Goat. Go all the dudes. What else is going on? The New Oakland. New Oakland. Uh, They nothing right now. So good team. So good team.